everyone, and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I'm your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Gordy. And I am your beloved airship captain, Grimoire Highwind. What's happening? What's happening? Tyler, why am I tied up again? Tyler! Tyler, what's happening? Gordy! Gordy, are you there? 10,000 years, I'm finally free. Gordy. Gordy cannot hear you anymore. No, Gordy, come back. I shot Boston into the sun. No. <laughs> That's real dastardly. That's your biggest crime yet. That's serious, uh, like, felony counts of murder there, friend. Well, you're <laughs> you're just as culpable, my Dark Knight Picardo. I hey. thought I thought you'd be gone on that airship for weeks on end, months maybe even. I, I gotta say, you really underestimated my adventuring skills then. <laughs> also, the speed of an airship. Yeah, they're they're fast. That's why people travel by airship. Come See, this on. is this is how I know that you've never played or seen any of these video games before because you can circumnavigate the world in seconds. In I an just assume the airships would be slow because you know how like printer fax machine scanner combos all are just worse versions of all of those things cobbled <laughs> together i figured the airships that are also submarines and schools and whatever would just be really bad versions of all of that and turns be out very they're the best versions of all of those things and it yeah. is the opposite phenomenon that's the, why it's a fantasy, I guess. The fucking Ragnarok is not the dot matrix printer version of a blank. <laughs> Quite Thank the you opposite. Very much. Well, now that my shackles are off, it's time for another Final Fantasy. And I can't reach my document to scroll anymore. <laughs> speaking of which, did the uh, did the net trap work? Um, it was a lot smaller than I think was advertised. Because <laughs> yes, but it's just like a, a doily hat on me right now. Mm. Gotta stop buying stuff off Alibaba. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, quite as read, advertised. Read the yeah. dimensions first. Yeah, try wish.com next. They steal from artists, don't buy from them. Carmen, it's okay though, because this one's gonna be very simple. Tyler, <laughs> I've heard you say words before mm-hmm. in a number of different contexts, and extremely rarely are those words ever true. Well, this one is often maligned for how linear it is. That's what people hate the most about it, is that it's just a straight line. That's, from that beginning is some to end. serious gaslighting that this franchise has done on its population, my friend. Also, all of the characters are named after, like, weather or just concepts. <laughs> okay. So it, it, it should be pretty easy to keep track of them, is what I'm saying. All right, it's, cool. I am very familiar with weather, weather patterns. <laughs> As an airship captain yourself? Yeah, I mean... And you should am, be, at least. I am somewhat familiar with concepts. <laughs> I Those are a grave mystery for me. What do I you know worried. of hope? Uh, right now, you, very little. You steal it from your enemies. What do you know of Fang? Of... They're in the mouths of serpents. Because they're about to be our best friends. It's a weird combo. Uh, so <laughs> I think the premise for this one what kicked them off like what their their goal was wait wait your elevator pitch for it starts with the phrase i think yeah i what i surmise (laughs) the uh (laughs) the purpose of this one was was to just kind of smash final fantasy's three favorite things into one thing 
what airships crystals and self-sacrifice close uh it's killing god crystals and anime teens i definitely see the anime teens and the crystals but i don't really think that killing god has been a pretty consistent uh well you know let me take it comes up a lot more than you think (laughs) i i sort of just like logically connect the whole killing god thing with uh like shin megami tensei and yeah and persona to a degree Mm -hmm. typically it is more of a demigod scenario in final fantasy or yeah, a like clown uh, god. Yeah, clown sucks the something out of the somethings. Mm-hmm. Sephiroth goes the goes boy deep with down the alien on... in his muscles. Yeah, etc. <laughs> well, this time all three of those things are happening at once in Final Fantasy thirteen. Just like a twelve winged angel now. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me now. <laughs> so the other interesting factoid about Final Fantasy thirteen is that it is the beginning of the fabula nova crystallis that sounds like a k-pop band (laughs) it is uh japan's fancy latin way of saying the new story of the crystal great more crystal (laughs) yay fabula nova crystallis Mm -hmm. just the making of a new crystal Mm mm-hmm Okay. And this was going to be an attempt from Square Enix to link a bunch of games together. And they announced several of them all at the same time. And then Final Fantasy Thirteen was the only one that actually came out for a very long time. And then Final Fantasy Thirteen got two unplanned sequels. And then the other two games eventually got renamed other things and aren't part of the Fabula Nova Crystallis anymore. What are the other two? It was Akito Thirteen, which became Type Zero. And Versus 13, which became Final Fantasy 15. I've read a lot of very dumb stories on this show, (laughs) and this is the most circuitous opening (laughs) we have ever had to a tale. So let us begin the Fabula Nova Crystallis. I do like that. It's got a good ring to it. Final Fantasy 13 takes place in the world of Grand Pulse, but all of civilization has moved into a single floating city called Cocoon. (laughs) It's always a good idea to put all your eggs, literally all of your eggs, Mm -hmm. into one floating basket. Nothing could go wrong. Also, when I say city, uh, I feel like that doesn't paint the correct picture, because what it is is like a small moon that just hovers over the world. Is it spherical? It is spherical. Does it have a lot of very weird impacts on the gravity? (laughs) Nope, not a one. Because magic. It's just kind of up there in the sky, because magic. Uh, And we begin our tale with a train of quarantined citizens being shipped out of the city during the purge. Are we talking purge-style purge? Mm, No, no, because it's mostly the government that's doing it. So it's a genocide-type purge. Yeah, and and the citizens ain't too happy about it. Well, you wouldn't be. (laughs) Our main hero is a woman named Lightning. She is formerly a soldier in the Cocoon military, and she has I... stowed away on the train in order to rescue her sister from the purge. I want to meet a baby named Lightning. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was an infant child at one point bearing that name, and I want to meet that baby. Um, I do hate to break it to you this early, but that is not her real name. That's just the name Damn she it, chooses Final to go Fantasy. by. <laughs> her real name is Claire, so you can this see why, why she chose Lightning instead. 
Yeah. This is why folklore doesn't have names, because Final <laughs> Fantasy went through history and stole Final all Fantasy of them. Final Fantasy took them all. Started handing them out like by the twos and threes to people. Take as many as you like. <laughs> uh, she is inadvertently joined on her adventure by a man named Saz, who is a pilot, uh, who also stowed away on the train to look for his son. Is he Sazzy? Saz? Yes, he is a bit Sazzy. He has an afro, and a chocobo chick lives inside it. Okay. That's a good uh, use of afro. Like a nest. Yeah, that's a that's a real good hairdo. I, w- I will say, if, if your hair is capable of sustaining life without your input, <laughs> wash your fucking hair. <laughs> Important to remember. Yeah. Also, if you do have a live creature living in it, and it is not, like, litter box trained, wash your hair. <laughs> yeah, your <laughs> hair's full of poop. Yeah, that's, that's going to cause some problems. At the same time as this daring train rescue is going on, uh, within the city, a resistance group called NORA, which stands for No Obligations, Rules, or Authority, begins a shootout with the military in protest of the purge. Might I just say this is why I don't like anarchists? <laughs> That's a dumb name. It's a pretty dumb name. Uh, Lightning and Saz are tracking down a Pulse Falci, which is being exiled from the city. A Pulse, a, a, who's it? A Pulse Falci. Is this like a, a logical fallacy? No. That I'm not hearing words that are English. Pulse Falci are obviously the enemy of Sanctum, which is Cocoon's government. You say you just, obviously. You can't just say, like, government. <laughs> you gotta give your government a cool name. Sanctum. I mean, like, I get that our branches of government have names, but our government as a whole is just a government. Is Sanctum, I, like, a congress? I, I don't know what, how that's it has a primarch. you got stuck on. I, a, a primarch? Like... Mm-hmm. Created by the Emperor, mm-hmm. immortal, mm-hmm. giant, towering, like behemoth of a man, mm-hmm. perfect genetic code, mm-hmm. big power armor. Mm-hmm. That's a G- Games Workshop already did that. <laughs> in, fa- in fact, called them Primarchs. Uh, Pulse Falci are also responsible for creating Lissy, who are the ones that are being purged from the city. Everybody Why? on board? I've already no. forgot what Pulse Falci are. <laughs> I, it's it's because nobody told you. <laughs> cool, cool. And won't for a while. Great. Awesome. The leader of Nora is a man named Troy Baker. As, <laughs> That's the as most in like name. Higgs? Yes, as in Higgs. In the game, he's, his name is Snow. What? Excuse me. His name is Snow. Is he you voiced just... by Troy Baker? He's voiced by Troy Baker. Okay. Oh, now right. I'm more interested. <laughs> I thought there was a character based off of him. <laughs> just like, that's... That's a choice to make. Just a real human man, Troy Baker. Uh, no, Snow has launched the assault to rescue his fiance from the purge. Uh, so he frees and enlists some civilians to fight alongside Nora, including a young boy named Hope. Hope's mom, who is also named Nora, and it is never remarked upon. Yeah, I, th- I thought like the name Nora for an organization did sound a little bit like a middle-aged secretary well it is indeed that but the coincidence again is never remarked upon great uh and lastly an australian girl named vanille cool so australia exists here that's good to know or at least the accent does yeah it's a Uh, timeless one (laughs) hope is too frightened to help fight but vanille and norma grab guns and get to work so hope is hopeless Mm mm-hmm 
it's just sort of like an ironic kind of naming convention we got going on here, huh? A bit. Maybe he'll grow into it. Uh, unfortunately, during the fighting, Nora falls to her death despite Snow's efforts to save her. Well, we did have to get rid of the confusing naming convention pretty quick, or people would catch on to it, and it would cause some problems with your story. Get no. this mom out of here. So yeah, just Nora is her out of a train. Hope's mom? Wait, was. no. Yes. Was. <laughs> What's the name of Snow's fiance? Just because I'm starting to, to uh, we haven't, lose the thread. We haven't heard it yet. Okay. Uh, Hope sees his mom fall like Simba and Mufasa. And immediately begins to blame Snow for her death. Well, as long as you can start pointing some fingers. Uh, Vanille does her best to stay with and comfort the boy and takes him away from all the fighting. How old is Hope? Hope is he's a young teen, I'll say. Like around 14 would be my bet. And that is his real name. So he was a baby named Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the heroes that have been introduced begin to converge on each other within the Pulse Falci which is just a giant floating structure that's being escorted out of the city. There's like a lot of floating and on in floating and floating. There's a lot of here. yeah, there's a lot of sub sub layers of floating things. Like is gravity a thing here or do they just have a lot I'm, of float technology and not a lot of idea of how to apply it? I mean, Gravity's- hopes hopes mom sure wishes there weren't gravity. Yeah. <laughs> but she found out the hard way that there was. I guess so. Maybe they should stop trying to float cities and <laughs> buildings within cities and start trying to float the people. Also, all of the vehicles here float. Yeah. Yes. Start it's all floating cars and floating motorcycles. I, I disagree with your anti-progressive views. Float <laughs> as many cities as you can. If you're going <laughs> to float cities, also float the people within them. That's what I'm saying. Otherwise, I mean, you're creating a dangerous uh, conjunction of float, not float, that ends in death, as we have just seen. Float the people first. <laughs> Look, there is a life cost to progress. Also, jetpacks. Jetpacks should have already been invented. Okay, <laughs> we finally get our first vocab lesson from Vanille, who is just graciously telling the audience what any of these words mean. I love when you have to have a vocabulary lesson in the early parts of your story, uh, like you are sitting in an elementary school once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is explaining this to Hope because they encounter monsters within the Pulse Falci. Okay. So, are you ready? I feel like if a story is going to make us sit through vocab lessons, we should at least get pudding cups, but fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Ooh, butterscotch, please. The monsters of this world are called Seath. As in the scaleless? No, just monsters. And just it's a like, dumb word for monsters. Yeah, it's just like the word teeth and also seething, so it's, it's uh, yeah. They're they're more like zombies, but yeah. C I E T H is how you spell it. There was an opportunity to connect a crystal dragon to this crystal world and they didn't <laughs> take it. Well this predates That's... said crystal dragon. C I E T H C-I-E-T-H. That's how they spelled Seath? Seath. So they also took the most complicated possible way to spell the damn word. Well, there's a reason for that, because Seath are what happens to Lassie, which is L apostrophe uh, C-I-E, and Lassie are people chosen by Falci, which is F-A-L apostrophe C-I-E, and Falci are demigods in this world. They select people to become Lussy and give them a focus. And a focus is a task that is sort of arbitrary and not very well explained and has an unknown deadline. 
You must complete the laundry by Tuesday. And if a lessee doesn't complete their focus satisfactorily or within the time frame, they become a thief. You mixed the reds and the whites, and now all these are pink. Go be a zombie. So what happens if they succeed? Uh, we shall see as we progress. Ah. How, so you used fabric softener. Rewards. <laughs> how many of the Lissy end up getting these just ridiculous quests like, conquer this kingdom, you have two hours? Uh, just the ones that we know. <laughs> Uh, So again, they are provided very little information into what their focus is. They usually just get a single vision projected into their brains by the Falci that brands them. So these demigods just randomly select civilians to do something for them. And if they don't do it, they become monsters. So the demigods are playing a complicated version of The Sims? (laughs) Because they're bored? Yes. Cool. Uh, There are... There's also... So the world... The overworld is called Grand Pulse, and within Grand Pulse is the city of Cocoon. So there Which is are f- the, the floating everyone city. Mm-hmm. So there are Falci that belong to Cocoon, or that are like aligned to Cocoon, and then there are uh, there are Pulse Falci, which are the enemy from the the greater world. So those are our two factions. We got demigods that are pro government, and we have demigods that are pro nature. Yes. Okay. And a pulse falci has been found within Cocoon and is being escorted out and was transforming its people into Lassie, thus the Purge. Because they don't want any pulse Lassie in the city. But they could have Cocoon Lassie. And indeed they do, working for the government. So, so wait, you're, you're telling me that there are demigods that are pro-government that mm-hmm. are just like, and your life duty is now to be... I don't know, an accountant. Yes. You're an auditor. Exactly. Do you know how t- like how rough it would be? It's like, I dream of being a great artist. Demigod <laughs> swoops in and goes, nah. Nah, bitch, if you don't use a calculator, you're a fucking monster. Yeah. I mean, that is essentially how our world works for a lot of artists. <laughs> like, oh man, I do want to be an artist. Like, nah, dude, you will be a homeless monster unless you go use a calculator. <laughs> Or type these words into this document for eight hours. I, I would like to just comment real quick that uh, artists who are down on their luck and have perhaps not found stable living are not inherently monsters in this reality. <laughs> just a quick I'm a reminder. Monster. I'm a monster. You, you have a house. <laughs> you have a house that you graciously let me live in. Well, you know. I'm like an adopted cat. <laughs> You know, there's not always a whole bunch of adventures to go on. Sometimes you got to get into real estate. So I'm glad that we're all on the same page now. Oh, I lost the thread. Uh, yeah. Hope, no, nah. <laughs> Hope and Snow finally meet up with each other as these groups of heroes just begin to converge in this one place. And Snow reiterates to everyone that he is trying to save his fiance named Sarah, who was branded oh. as a pulse of the sea. Okay. If you'll recall, Lightning was also searching for her sister named Sarah. I did not recall that. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, I had no idea. I was stuck on the name Lightning and imagining an infant bearing that name. (laughs) Are they the same person? Is that that my takeaway? Yes. 
Okay, cool. My brain still works. Uh, Hope is livid that Snow would throw Cocoon citizens' lives away to save a single enemy of the state and wishes that he wasn't a part of any of this at all because he and his mom had just been on vacation when the Pulse of Foul Sea was discovered in the first place, causing this whole mess in the city. So Hope's not exactly like pro-government so much as he is pro i'm not leave me alone politics yeah pro beach vacation <laughs> uh meanwhile elsewhere lightning and saz are closing in on finding lightning's sister and i guess this is where she is revealed to be named sarah so i jumped the gun sorry what spoilers that were immediately resolved <laughs> uh saz is not really convinced that they'll be able to save either of their family members though because he has heard about what happens to people who successfully complete their focus, and that is that they remain enslaved to the Falci forever and never truly become human again. Well, that seems like a raw deal in both directions. It sure does. I do not want to do a demigod's laundry. <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, they end up finding Sarah, but Saz just wants to put a bullet in her to just get her out of her misery now. Because if she doesn't complete her focus, she'll become a Seath. And if she does, she'll just be enslaved to the gods forever. I'm imagining Saz as being controlled by the Chocobo in his hair, Ratatouille <laughs> style. And that it totally. is truly the Chocobo who, who desires the death of these people. Got like a Ratatouille, but instead of cooking, it's just murder. Yeah, a murder Ratatouille. <laughs> Which, if we've learned anything from Birdfall, is what a bird would do with power. It's true. Uh, Snow finds them both with Sarah, and he rushes to her side, and Sarah briefly comes to and tells her fiancé and her sister that they must save Cocoon. And after she does this, she's transformed into a crystal statue. Evidently, this is what happens when somebody completes their focus. Her focus was to talk to her fucking sister? (laughs) And fiancé, and tell them to save Cocoon. Yeah, her focus was basically being a postal service person in exchange for a crystalline life i mean for once they didn't want (laughs) to buy stamps (laughs) to just send a letter so they just take over a human to do it and then when they're done we'll make them we'll make them into a pretty statue that can't make a fuss uh snow is amazed by this transformation and is convinced that sarah is still alive and can be restored one day quite a reaction to it but uh, Lightning is enraged that she couldn't save her sister, and she already thought that Snow was a deadbeat in the first place and did not approve of their union. So she decks him and just runs off to fight the Falci to try and get her sister back. I like Lightning, even She's if that good. was not her baby name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to imagine it was. Uh, the heroes confront the Falci, which is known as Anima, but they are all captured and enthralled by it, and they too are branded as Lassi. Anima projects a series of bizarre images into their heads, uh, presumably to communicate their focus. Mm-hmm. This was also apparently Anima's dying action because it tumbles out of the sky and into a lake and it crystallizes it. And the heroes all fall with the Falci and then are attacked by Seath that also fell down with them. Now, does this Anima look anything like the Anima from Final Fantasy X? Sadly, no. Unfortunate. Yeah, the designs in this game for the demigods are all very mechanical uh, and very intricate, like fucking Michael Bay Transformers. Oh, so it's like a hot mess. Pretty much a hot mess. Cool. Which is why I did not describe anything for you to draw this time, because that would just be cruel. 
to both it. of us, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Snow discovers that now that he has been branded a lessee, he has attained incredible new strength and can use magic. So he is able to defeat the monsters pretty easily. So there, I mean, there is a benefit to being a uh, god slave. Mm-hmm. You get magic out of the deal. Until you're a crystal statue. Or a monster. <laughs> Pick your poison. Hmm. Uh, Hope is now even more miserable because he's been cursed. And he is certain that he is doomed to be a monster now. You know, of the two, I would still take monster, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Crystal statue might be pretty rad. I guess it, de- it depends on how much like awareness you have in either state. Yeah, I mean, it could be like your consciousness ascends to some sort of, I don't know, paradise. Smorgasbord? <laughs> Smorgasbord. Oh, it could be like a Valhalla-style perma-feast. Yeah, like I mean, feast, it could be that drink, either way. Slaughter. Except when you're the monster, the perma-feast is... Is your former know. loved ones. Yeah, but you don't know that. No, you're a monster. Yeah, you just think, hmm, cake. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's sort of a matter where your consciousness is trapped inside of a, like a, like a monster meat bot that goes on a rampage. <laughs> so you have to watch your old body shred your loved ones. That's probably not good. Yeah, that one probably does suck. I mean, realistically, if we're talking about like you've offended a god, what I know of their Greek laundry, and right? like Egyptian and... You know, Norse mythology. Pretty much any mythology. They're all petty dicks. Giant petty dicks, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You will find that that is not dissimilar to this story. (laughs) Good. Uh, The heroes talk about their vision to try and figure out what their focus is. And they come to the conclusion that it was something, it was a beast called Ragnarok that they saw. I mean, my ship is pretty impressive. I don't know if I'd call it a beast so much as... (laughs) The Final Fantasy folks have like... A fishbowl full of their favorite names. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of like shake around and then they reach in with closed eyes and pull out a handful. And they're like, all right, that's in this game these, now. These are the ones we're using this time. <laughs> and like 60% of the names in there are Sid. <laughs> well, there's usually, usually only one Sid per game. Sometimes right, there's right, two. But like they pull out a Sid and they're like, all right, we're going to use this one. Well, so that's Sid why they, is... get, they get it every time, because it's most of the names in there. Well, Sid's the eternal soul. He, <laughs> He's like the golden ticket. Super obvious. You always got to draw it. <laughs> he's the free space. Yeah. <laughs> Snow begins to theorize that because Sarah had been branded by the same Falci as him, and because her focus was to tell him to save Cocoon, his focus was probably to go kill whatever the fuck Ragnarok is in order to save Cocoon. Made reasonable. Seems to track. Sure. Uh, Saz is really not on board with that theory, though, because Cocoon considers Pulse, where this Falci was from, an enemy of the state. So why would a Pulse Falci want them to save Cocoon? Excuse me. They consider the Pulse like the world is an enemy of the state? Yes, that's why they all live above it in a floating city. They got some weird fucking problems. Also, the only thing is that the only thing that's down there now are these vengeful demigods that come and transform their citizens into monsters, and also additional monsters live down there. Somebody picked a weird fucking fight a long time ago and went, you know what? I'm gonna build my own world. <laughs> some very like Comstock nonsense, but uh, the heroes are surrounded by Psycom, which is Cocoon's military force who want to purge them because they've been branded Lassie. So just to to help me 
visualize what we're kind of working with here. What yes. kind of like armaments are we talking? We, we gun with gun, rifle yeah. mostly, mm. grenades, modern military stuff. Pretty I also have zero military. sense of place throughout this whole thing, so it's not gonna get better. <laughs> Great, cocoon is an impossible place to visualize. <laughs> Because there's like fucking forests and underground tunnels and stuff, but it, all at the same time, it's a floating moon city. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, the heroes are easily able to overpower the military with their magic that they have now acquired, and they make a run for it as fugitives. Uh, Snow, however, elects to stay behind on his own because he's not ready to leave Sarah's crystal statue body behind just yet. Also, while all this is happening, an owl watches them. It's that's a weird throw in there. It's probably not important. Yeah. I mean it's it's probably the fucking smoking like what's it, Chekhov's loaded gun? <laughs> it's the the owl is actually Bahamut. Uh while most of the heroes try and steal an airship to escape from Psycom, yep. Snow gets surrounded again. Drink but uh, got a couple drinks in already. But Snow is saved when two icicle women hop out of his brand. Out of his what? His brand. Oh, what? like the tattoo that the the, fal- the falci gave him. Yeah, so his okay. tattoo can shoot women who are icicles. Mm-hmm. And then they become a motorcycle. He's got so some his cool tattoo powers. Can shoot women who are icicle transformers. Mm-hmm. Slash Voltron. Uh, these sisters are called Shiva. Yep. Uh-huh, yep, that was another name from the fishbowl, yep. He rides the motorcycle crystal ladies to safety, but is then stopped <laughs> by a mysterious woman named Fang. Who says, what the fuck are you doing riding <laughs> women like a motorcycle? <laughs> don't, don't kink shame. Uh, meanwhile, on their newly stolen airship, the other heroes catch some sweet new propaganda on TV about them. Cool. Uh, the Primarch Disley is deeming them all enemies of Cocoon and new newly christened Pulselessy. They are newly christened Pulselessy, though, aren't they? Yes. And because of that, they are now enemies of the state. Uh, they are spotted in the sky by one of Cocoon's Falci, known as Eden, and it shoots them down. Lightning is now pissed off and decides that if Cocoon's Falci wants her dead, she's just going to go up there and kill it herself, even if it destroys Cocoon in the process. One, Lightning seems to be always pissed off, and I'm down with it. And two, <laughs> still a fan. Still a fan of Lightning. Favorite whether, character so far. Whether or not this ruins her focus and she becomes a monster, she's just going to go kill that fucking thing. I'm on board with Lightning. <laughs> Hope is also emboldened by her rage and decides to stay with her. Saz and Vanil, though, think that it's better to just make themselves scarce and they run off. A chocobo and Saz's hair is awful, all scared of things. It's, it is a chocobo chick. It is a, a, a baby murder bird. Yeah. Uh, so Lightning and Hope now travel through an inexplicable jungle in the middle of this floating city moon. Uh, and Hope has a hard time keeping up with the soldier woman. And Lightning is just ready to ditch him in the middle of these wildlands. Because <laughs> she has no time for his uh, lollygagging. Suddenly, a man on a horse hops out of her brand and begins to fight her. So, this is like enforcement of the rules of the Falci, I guess? Yeah. Like, you go off you go off track and we will throw a horseback man at you? Exactly. Is it, is it Odin? Is it Odin? It is Odin. 
Oh. Uh, she defeats Odin and gains his service in battle as an Eidolon. But somehow during this process, she realizes that she shouldn't try to do everything by herself and should learn to trust and rely on others. That was a really fast character growth. <laughs> Fighting this horse man that jumped out of her chest I mean, really taught her a life lesson. <laughs> yeah, like one f- good fight with a horse man is essentially a whole hero's journey. Now, I'm, I'm afraid that we're going to misconstrue. You're not referring to a centaur named Odin, are you? No, it was a man on a horse. Okay. Eight-legged horse? Uh, y- Yeah, but also motorized because, again, everything is Transformers in this one. Yeah. So a sleep near cycle. Uh, Lightning decides to give Hope another chance to help out and lets him tag along. Like the little brother that mom slash demigods made you take with you. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Fang turns Snow into Brigadier General Sid aboard the airship Lindblom. Sorry, what? Hands her over to. Fang okay. turns Snow in. Okay. Okay, okay yeah. I was just—I was curious if Snow had suddenly become a whole new person named no. Sid. Great. Cool. No, turned him into Brigadier General Sid, who is aboard an airship called the Lindblom. Is Fang on the side of the uh, the city? She seems to be working for the city. Gotcha. And Sid informs Snow that he is to be publicly executed in order to sate the fears of the public. Well, you do want to sate those fears with blood, typically. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah, I'm sure that, yep. Uh, Lightning and Hope are now headed for a town called Palampolum. (laughs) (laughs) Palampolum. Which is Hope's hometown and is able to get them access to Eden, the Falci that shot them down, that Lightning wants to go kill. I guess there's an elevator there or something. To That's my my assumption, yes. Cool. Uh, I'll take floor demigod, please. (laughs) Lightning is slowly taking a shine to the boy that's tagging along with her, and she gives him a knife that she always carries on her that had been a birthday present from her sister. Man, she even gets cool birthday presents. (laughs) If she didn't have magical abilities, she would be a qualifier for the Church of the Knife. (laughs) Also, if she weren't a Final Fantasy character. Well, does that automatically preclude you? Oh, she's got big knife energy, but she does have magic, and that one does automatically preclude you. Uh, meanwhile, as Saz and Vanille are running in the opposite direction, uh, Saz begins to open up to her about his son named Dodge, uh, who he had taken on a trip to visit the Sanctum Falci. However, during the trip, the Falci was attacked by two invaders from Pulse, and it branded the boy as a Lissi with the ability to sense Pulse invaders. Wit boy? Uh, Saz's son, who he's been looking for. Oh, okay. Oh, I forgot son Saz named was Dodge. looking for a son. I just assumed the Chocobo was on an adventure. The Chocobo was a gift for his son, but he didn't. He wasn't able to give it to him because his son got taken away by the government. Because all Cocoon citizens that are branded by the Sanctum Falci are conscripted into working for them, like we went over before. Right. You're now a demigod's auditor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so now Saz's son has the ability to sense people from Pulse, thanks to the, the demigod. That's a... Of all the powers to get, that's kind of a weak one. So you're... You're like uh, a spy with the most boring powers. <laughs> Vanille, who is secretly from Pulse, realizes that she and her friend Fang were the two invaders that accidentally got Saz's son taken away from him. 
She does not tell him this. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, that's not a good way to, like, help a blossoming friendship. Uh, Lightning and Hope make their way through Palumpalum, and they encounter another smaller Falci in this, in this, uh, it's called a city, but it's within Cocoon, so it's like a neighborhood. It's, it's OTP, basically. Outside the perimeter for non-Atlanta residents. Yeah. (laughs) And this Falci is called Carbuncle. Carbuncle's sole purpose is to provide the people of the city with food and shelter, and it begins to dawn on lightning that the Falci simply view human beings as pets, and not necessarily yeah. as enemies. I mean, yeah, it's, it definitely, like... I, I picked that up, yeah. <laughs> that like one wasn't some, tough. <laughs> some some human beings are like adorable lap dogs, and other human beings are like draft horses. <laughs> Uh, Lightning and Hope are ambushed by Psycom, who had been tracking them the whole time. But they are saved by Snow and Fang, who arrive on the motorcycle women. Why Why do they start as women if they're just going to be motorcycles for the whole time? <laughs> like, why even bother? Why tell us that? <laughs> women part of it if they are just motorcycles. <laughs> also, it's just the one motorcycle. Yeah, okay, why though? Why? Uh, Snow Snow reveals that he and Fang have teamed up with Brigadier General Sid, who is plotting a military coup against Sanctum. I'm trying to imagine Icicle Women motorcycle, and I have like, (laughs) basically it's like the the head, shoulders, and boobs, but like going down into an icicle point, (laughs) and then like two of those sort of point to point, now with wheels. (laughs) I mean, you can draw your own version if you want. I don't. (laughs) I don't want. Uh, Lightning leaves Hope in the care of Snow while she and Fang team up to cause a distraction so that the boys can get away. So I had to look it up. Mm -hmm. It looks just like a fancy motorcycle. Don't tell me these things. I was just about to draw this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can lean into the ice all you want. I mean, if you're on a motorcycle, don't lean into the ice. That's that's dangerous. (laughs) That's the opposite of what you want to do. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, As they fight together, Fang tells Lightning that she and Vanille are both Pulselessy, who completed their last focus during the War of Transgression between Pulse and Cocoon, which happened over 600 years ago. So they didn't get crystallized? They They did get crystallized. They had recently awoken from their crystal slumber 600 years later. So this gives Lightning a little bit of hope that her sister is indeed still alive in crystal form, but is probably going to be asleep for a long time. And it's exactly as you said before, Picardo, that a long, long time ago, somebody had a weird war, and then they built a city above the world. Uh, grimoire these days, but uh, I I still accept it. Um, <laughs> yeah, weird wars. That's, I mean, that's the cause of all floating cities i mean look 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 at Balam garden i mean mm-hmm. technically it's a floating school or a mm-hmm. school with capability of floating and shooting missiles but you know that's basically like a weird permanent war and that it is training all of its students to take part in for money yeah uh hope finally confronts snow about his failure to save hope's mother and prepares to stab snow to death with the knife that lightning gave him but a sudden explosion from the fighting happening over with Fang and Lightning sends Hope flying off of a catwalk, and Snow dives to then save the boy, despite having his life threatened. 
Now, this is because uh, Hope believes that it's Snow's fault that his mom fell to her doom. Yes. After they both roll over and wake up, having fallen off of this very tall height, Snow apologizes to Hope, admitting his guilt and culpability in uh, Hope's mom's death, and he hands the boy the knife again, giving him an open shot to his back. So here's the opportunity for someone to follow through on their vengeance plot mm-hmm. and move on with their lives. <laughs> and inevitably, he he's not going to take this. No. He puts the knife away, realizing that killing Snow isn't going to bring his mom back, and the two of them make up. You know, he didn't try, though. He, he might didn't be try. wrong. <laughs> you know magic now. Anything could happen. <laughs> I mean, hell, a, a, a fucking behorsed knight hopped out of somebody's tattoo less than like a day earlier Uh uh-huh literally anything could happen your mom might hop out of your tattoo if you kill a man enough (laughs) just keep stabbing (laughs) she might get curious and poke her head out you never know Uh, lightning fang hope and snow all group up at the house of hope's father where they break the news about uh, his wife's death And then all of the heroes take turns apologizing to one another for their various transgressions against each other. And then they begin to plot their next move. It's just everyone's like, we gotta get this off our chest, but we're bros now, right? Bros? Let's go, let's go, I don't know, burn the government down? (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, with Saz and Vanille, Saz is growing tired of running and is planning to just turn himself in. Uh, Vanille doesn't want him to do that, so she almost reveals her secret about getting his son taken away to motivate him to stay alive through just revenge against her. Uh, But then they are attacked by Psycom troops that somehow manage to track them down. So he gets turned in regardless, huh? (laughs) It turns out that he was being tracked by his son, Dodge, because his son can sense the Pulse Lassie. And when Dodge encounters his father again, the boy turns into a crystal. Because apparently that was his focus. Huzzah. Huzzah. Uh, Colonel Jill of Psycom arrives to explain to Saz how he had been tracked. And also tells him that Vanille and Fang are the ones responsible for his son's plight in the first place. Fearing what he'll do now that he knows, Vanille runs away. And Colonel Jill gives Saz the chance to just run off and exact his own revenge on her. Because Jill is kind of a fucked up person. You know, eh. If you're bored. <laughs> I mean, like, they Let say... Let the fugitives the, handle themselves. Yeah, they say the most dangerous game is man, but the most interesting game to watch is man-hunting <laughs> man, perhaps? Uh, Vanille also rethinks running away, growing tired of it herself, and turns around to face her guilt head-on. Uh, Saz, like Hope, decides that revenge wouldn't actually solve anything, and he chooses not to shoot her. Uh, instead, a fiery robot bursts out of his brand to test his resolve. Is it named Ifrit? It is named Brynhildr. Well, Brynhildr. Brynhildr. Not, not the direction I thought that was going to take. <laughs> uh, Vanille and Saz both decide that they no longer fear their fate, so they turn themselves in rather than keeping, uh, keeping on running. It is announced publicly that Saz and Vanille will be sentenced by the Primarch Dysley himself aboard the flagship Palamecia. So the other heroes decide to mount a rescue mission. Is this flagship also an airship? Yes. Of course it is. 
the heroes assume, given the public nature of this declaration, that this is probably a trap to draw them out of hiding. But they don't care, and they figure they can turn the tide somehow, so they go for it anyway. Saz and Vanille easily break out of their prison cells, because of course they do. And they reunite with the other heroes during the rescue attempt. Uh, the heroes all storm the bridge of the Palamecia to confront the Primarch, and an owl watches them. How many of us are watched by owls all the time and we just don't know it? All of us, probably. Especially I mean, around here. Yeah. yeah. We've heard two different species of owl right outside our house. They could be watching us right now. <laughs> I mean, I doubt it. I've got the blinds closed, but... Uh, the heroes are stopped in their tracks by Colonel Jill, who prepares to fight them, but is killed from behind by a blast of magic. Ooh, who did the magic? It turns out that Primarch Disley isn't as human as he claims to be. Okay. Uh, Disley also kills everybody else in the room except for the heroes, who he simply dismisses as tools. Is he one of the Falsi? Disley reveals the dark secret of Cocoon, that it is simply a factory the Falsi created to produce humans to be their thralls. So we're uh, in a Matrix situation, kind of. Mm-hmm, kind of, in a floating city. Uh, the mysterious owl enters the room as well, which turned out to be acting as Disley's eyes, keeping track of the heroes. Uh, and then it fuses with his magic stick. Yeah, that was done by Warcraft. Disley reveals his true form, which is a giant robotic falci named Barthandalus. <laughs> Barthandalus? Barthandalus. So the Primarch is a falci? He is a falci. Also, he was going to be the one that I was going to try and make uh, Carmen draw because he is wild looking. Uh, he is a giant face with like a shark mouth full of robot teeth and he has no legs. He's just got like a robot tree stump. And what what's his foul C name? Barthandalus. B-A-R-T-H-A-N-D-E-L-U-S. He also has pauldrons with human faces on it singing in a Greek chorus. Great. Yeah, I don't think I would enjoy that. And pointy fingers. Yeah, this is... Uh... <laughs> and crazy robot wings. So so he goes from human looking mm-hmm. with a weird headdress mm-hmm. to giant, I don't, winged face? <laughs> uh, the heroes fight him, but find that their powers are meaningless against his. And are Barth- they, like, granted by? Yes. Yeah, so... And Barthandalus gives them a lesson in Cocoon's falsy hierarchy. It's now that I have you here, it's time for the lecture. Uh, yeah, now that I have you all here, and now that you've pooped yourselves out trying to fight me, uh, we can have a little chat. It's time for the chalkboards. Uh, so Barthandalus acts as a shepherd of the humans by posing as one amongst them. Uh, Eden nurtures the humans and raises them like livestock. And the final cocoon falci is named Orphan, which acts as a battery for the floating city. He presumes that the target of their focus is Orphan, and that they are meant to destroy it. Well, where's Ragnarok in all of this? Uh, He assumes that it is the fate of one of them to become Ragnarok, which is a beast that is strong enough to kill a falci. The fate of one of the heroes? Yeah. They are candidates of Ragnarok. Okay. Snow says that killing Orphan would end Cocoon, and he is still convinced by Sarah's last words to save Cocoon that that's not what he's meant to do. Uh, Barthandalus just mocks him and says that Sarah's focus came from a pulse falci, an enemy of Cocoon, and that her focus was simply to just bring the group together, 
so her words were largely meaningless. Uh, He summons forth his owl again for them and turns it into an airship so that they can escape the approaching military. Uh, They escape, but are baffled by all of the information that he just readily gave them, and also wonders what the hell his end goal is, and why he's helping them to presumably destroy his city. Yeah, boredom, maybe? I feel like you can't really rule that out when it comes to, you know, deities. Yeah, I mean, they've been around for a long time, and sometimes it's just easier to start a project fresh (laughs) than to fix the problems with it. You guys are uh, understanding this story a lot simpler than I feel like most people did when it came out. Well, we've been primed. You're picking up on a lot of the uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, foreshadowed events pretty early on. Well, we've been primed, and also, like, we read folklore a lot, <laughs> and that involves kings who have no real reason for doing anything. I mean, boredom is one hell of a, you know, uh, motivator mm-hmm. to just do random acts of what the hell ever uh the heroes are sent to an underground facility to try and make sense of barthandalus's schemes and they are approached by brigadier general sid who tells them that he too was a lassie and that his focus was to bring them to barthandalus but for some reason he hasn't crystallized yet maybe he didn't do it well enough uh, he explains barthandalus has set a grand plan in motion to end in the destruction of cocoon Uh, All of which in order to restore an entity known as the Maker, which was the being that created both the Falci and humanity and then disappeared. And we got to destroy that, right? Uh, When the Maker disappeared, the Falci witnessed humanity grow restless and start warring amongst itself. So the Falci sort of stepped in as authority figures to reestablish peace. And this is this is the war that ends up with Sanctum or no, excuse me, Cocoon, whatever, Mm -hmm. floating city. Mm hmm. This is the war that causes that to exist? Yeah. Uh, The Falci have now grown tired of this self-imposed role, though, as authority figures over humanity, and they want to call back the Maker to restore order, but figure to do so, they need to make a massive sacrifice. So they plan to use all of the people of Cocoon as a tribute to have the Maker return and create a new, better world for the Falci to live in by themselves. So it really is just... They got sick of it. Easier to start over. Yeah. So they got to call mom. <laughs> by by killing everyone. Uh, Falci are incapable of harming one another directly or Cocoon itself because they're bound to it. So they've started to uh, plot by conscripting Lassie humans to do the dirty work for them. How did they get bound to Cocoon? That was long ago. Just sort of like in the creation of this floating city, the cocoon based falci are now like attached to it in yeah, some way presumably whereas so. the i mean orphan falci... orphan is the one that keeps it floating in the first place oh just a living battery mm-hmm. and then you've got eden who is the basically the gardener yeah and uh bear barthandalus barthandalus who is what the reaper <laughs> yeah and then there's also like smaller ones like carbuncle Who's there just to be like, I made houses. <laughs> Would you like a fruit salad? Uh, you, Sid, did, you did say food and shelter, right? I, I did. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I hadn't completely <laughs> lost my mind and created some weird, well, weirder <laughs> headcanon for this. Nah, nah, houses and fruit salads is apparently correct. <laughs> that is what Carbuncle is patron saint of. 
<laughs> hey, there uh, are worse things. Sid has found himself in a very contradictory position in all of this. Because when he was a human, it was his hope to always protect Cocoon, which is why he joined the military. But now as a lessee, his life depends on its destruction. Uh, he chooses to put his life on the line, attacking the Ragnarok candidates in order to protect Cocoon. And he becomes a Seath in the process because he fails his focus. So his, um, so the, again, the Ragnarok candidates are our like Heroes. main protagonists at yeah. this point, right? Yeah. Uh, which include what uh, Vanille, Fang, Hope, and Snow, and Lightning and Saz, and Lightning and Saz, right? Who's our main main protagonist here? I mean, mostly Lightning. That's who we start with. Gotcha. But it's uh, they're they're typically an ensemble. Uh, the heroes are moved by Sid's resolve to fight against his fate, and they choose to defy their focus as well. If it is in fact to destroy Cocoon, everybody agrees to this except for Fang. Because she doesn't want her or Vanille to suffer for Cocoon's sake. Because she's from Pulse, so she hates Cocoon anyway. So Cocoon is not... Like, Cocoon's not a good thing anyhow, is it? No. <laughs> but it is so, where they live. So... And their other option is full of monsters. Mm-hmm. I mean, surely there are humans still on Pulse. I mean, clearly, uh, what, like, Vanille and Fang came from Pulse, didn't they? Mm-hmm. 600 years ago. Uh, you know, I guess maybe in that time, that's enough time for <laughs> some. To just some be things might have changed. <laughs> yeah, uh, a jet plane called Bahamut jumps out of Fang's brand. <laughs> jet plane? Is it covered in swords? It is a dragon jet plane. Uh, <sighs> Fang explains the thing that Carmen already grokked, which is that every time one of these eidolons show up, it is because the eidolons exist to refocus the sea who are straying from their path. I'm so if a lassie cons- can. F- I'm concerned with the limited focus I've given this story that I was able to grok some kind of reveal. Uh, if the Lassie can find the resolve to defeat and subjugate the Eidolon, they can continue their focus, but if they fail, they immediately become a Seath. And the Eidolon is just some sort of like ultra monster that has been branded onto them? Yeah. So it's you, you sway from it, you sway from your focus, and it comes this to... This thing comes out to beat you up. But if you beat it up, you can just do whatever you want. Uh, you buy yourself more time, evidently. Okay. Uh, Fang defeats the jet plane, and she <laughs> resolves to help the other heroes find a way out of this mess together. She defeated <laughs> tattoo jet plane. <laughs> uh, the heroes escape from out of Cocoon to the world of Grand Pulse below, which is a wild, overgrown world that is just teeming with monsters on huge tracts of open land. Uh, There are only ruins left of the human civilizations that lived there 600 years ago before the war. Okay, so yeah, maybe my idea wasn't so (laughs) supportable. Uh, The heroes travel to the ruins of Fang and Vanille's old hometown, Erba, which is now a desert filled only with Seath. And not an Arabian. The heroes mysteriously encounter Sarah here, who urges them all to continue with their focus to destroy Cocoon. Sarah the Crystal? Mm-hmm. But now she's a walkin' talkin' human lady again. How strange. Uh, she even calls out to her sister using Lightning's real name, Claire. Lightning's like, shut up. <laughs> it's Lightning Shh. now. I hate that name. Uh, the heroes are not convinced that she's real, however, and Barthandalus drops his disguise. Yeah. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. He mocks their attempt to escape their fate, 
and he tells them all of his plan to start a civil war inside Cocoon. What? He plans to resign as the leader and instate a revived Sid as the head of state under his control. So he can just unzombie him? Yeah, he's a demigod. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Humans are playthings to them. <laughs> yeah, right. Just a whole flock of sheep kind of thing. Uh, Barthandalus knows that Sid's cavalry, who were the ones planning the coup with him, won't like their leader's change of heart, and this will spark infighting. So, I mean, he's going to get his civil war regardless. Mm-hmm. It's a can't-lose situation. Barthandalus invites them to come and watch the carnage, and he challenges them to find a way to stop him or complete their focus without becoming Ragnarok. So, do they know, like, is there some sort of, like, fusion dance or something they've got to do to become Ragnarok? Or is that just, like, they're going to be walking down the street one day doing a thing and be like, oh, shit, hey, look, my arm's changing. <laughs> Mostly that second one. Mm, lovely. Uh, he leaves behind his owl spaceship for them to board again, and they all head back to Cocoon. I like his style. <laughs> uh, Cocoon erupts into chaos and fighting, and Barthandalus releases monsters from Pulse into the city just to cause more bloodshed. You need a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, that tracks. Uh, the heroes fight their way to the Cradle of Orphan for one last encounter with Barthandalus who tries to drown them all in enough despair that one of them will snap and become Ragnarok. Just to kind of, what, get it over with? Like, what's the plan there? I mean, that is his plan. He's, he's just... Drowns them in despair? Yeah. Like a he, miasma? Well, he's he's just telling them all that they're going to fail, and he's he's trying to prey on their weaknesses and insecurities. <laughs> just, just gaslighting them and mentally abusing them until one of them goes, you know what? I'm going Super Saiyan. I'm yeah. going to eat your face. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. Uh, he even produces and destroys the crystals of Dodge and Sarah in front of them to try and it's make a, them crack. A real dick move. Yeah. But the heroes see through his illusions, so he didn't actually do it. Uh, they rolled a <laughs> high perception check. This is Orphan you're talking about? This is Barthandalus still. Orphan is just... A face in the in a wall that is a battery. <laughs> oh, okay. Are, do they fight it? Uh, well, they fight Barthandalus, and they defeat him, which causes him to fuse with Orphan to try and save his own life. Uh, okay. Battling him again is less successful, and Fang is forced to transform into Ragnarok. How's so that go? Fang becomes a bright red banshee monster woman with wings and fangs and claws and stuff. Cool. Life goals. And she begins to tear at the Falci. More life goals. Uh, the heroes help her finish the job, and they end both Barthandalus and Orphan, which causes Cocoon to start to fall out of the sky. Oh, it mm. does seem to be a little bit of a short-sighted. <laughs> well, if I recall correctly, Fang didn't give a fuck. Uh, Fang and Vanille both fall out of Cocoon, and then they fuse together into a giant Ragnarok. So an even bigger Banshee Dragon Woman. So more than one person in this whole group has the Ragnarok ability. Apparently these two do. Cool. Uh, and this giant woman catches Cocoon before it smashes into Grand Pulse. And then they crystallize in place and become a pillar holding the city in the sky. I'm sorry, I missed that bit. <clears throat> Say it again. Fang and Vanille. Yep, turned into Ragnarok. They form a giant banshee woman. Yep. And they catch Cocoon as it falls out of the sky. And then they crystallize and become a pillar holding the city up. What so a shitty was... fate for someone who doesn't like this city. <laughs> yeah. Apparently that was their focus. Great. Uh, the other heroes also crystallize because they completed their focus. 
which was kill some the Falsy. Yeah, I guess so. Or mm. save whatever. Or uh, but then they wake up. The crystal goes away, and their brands are gone. So they're what? human again. And they can't shoot motorcycle women. Also, Sarah and Dodge are there, and everybody's happy. Except for Fang and Vanille, who are crystal ladies forever. And they hold the city up the end. That's it? That's it. That's how it it ends. (laughs) That ends weirdly suddenly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we defeated him. Oh, no, we're falling. Oh, we're fine. Now we're crystal. Oh, we're fine again. (laughs) Everybody got what they wanted except those people. So you say that this story ended up with sequels do they continue this storyline yeah but they're like thousands of years in the future because everybody can sleep in crystals whenever the fuck they want and also this sorry what final fantasy 13 2 is time travel so it's even weirder so they don't lose their crystal abilities uh the last one is majora's mask lightning returns it's she, just like she you just three days. Yeah, she the the universe is ending in a set amount of time, and she just keeps reliving it over and over until she can fix so everything. She has, yeah, she's got a Groundhog's Day. It. Yeah. yeah. So that's the Fabula Nova Crystallis. What'd you think? Compared to other Final Fantasies, I can see why people would be like, "Man, this is awfully linear." But I think that's just because it ended very suddenly. Because when you got to that ending, I was expecting like two more hours of <laughs> something to happen <laughs> of conversation and only one person had multiple names right mm-hmm. and that so, was lightning yeah that's just because she chose her own i mean there name. was also disley who was barthandalus okay so two people had more than one name yeah but those also come with different shapes like he was basically living two identities it's which true. Is right. sort of like conceptually connected like disley was giant... a human man and barthandalus is a demigod yeah, like is, that was that was the disguise kind of thing, as opposed to just like the random. Well, this person has six names for reasons <laughs> that has existed in previous iterations of this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, comparatively speaking, in spite of the dumb vocabulary words, um, yeah, it is a lot more straightforward. Like if if it just used words that we were already familiar with, it would be very straightforward. I think. Yeah, like they. <laughs> feel like the dumb made up words were there because they got to a point in the story and they're like man we don't have enough <laughs> this is incredibly plot. simple someone could explain this to somebody else and be understood <laughs> somebody could explain this to somebody else in under an hour and they would get it yeah and that's not our brand <laughs> so riddle me this real quick uh-huh if so fang and vanille were the ones who um morphed yeah they were also controllable protagonists here right mm-hmm. did you get to play as ragnarok <laughs> to fuck up some things no it was a cutscene at the end don't be ridiculous what so who were you playing you you played as all the people i was talking about you Except had lightning saz hope snow fang and vanille except for ragnarok at the end Except for the really cool bit, you don't get to play that. Yeah, you get to watch that. Nice. That's, that's a movie. That's anime music video time. <laughs> that's what cool. you pay your $60 for. Also, a lot of people would say that you don't play any of this video game. <laughs> yeah. Is it mostly cutscene? It's a lot of cutscene, and even the very like the first 
uh i'll be generous and say 10 hours um there's no like leveling up or even abilities it does seem strange the problem that you just said is that you're being generous with that (laughs) is is it is it longer than that there's a lot of tutorial well i do have to give you a whole vocabulary lesson uh people who really dislike this game i think would say that there are 12 chapters of tutorial and there's only 14 or 15 chapters in the game I don't think it's that bad, but I will say uh, they they do hold your hand for a lot longer than any other Final Fantasy does. So this is the Skyward Sword of Final Fantasy? Yeah, it's not the best, but it it weirdly holds a special place in my heart all the same. Well, a lot of things do that aren't <laughs> the best. That honestly shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I would like to refer everyone back to the Kingdom Hearts episode. I think that Lightning is a fantastic character. And I, I don't I, mean, I don't mind that her game is kind of bad. I think she's allowed to good? exist still. I yeah, I think I like Lightning as a character for sure. Are any of her games good? Uh people really like the sequels. I didn't, I didn't finish either of them. Maybe so I means, will someday. Yeah. Uh. Just finishing this thing up real quick. <laughs> Just waiting oh. on this motorcycle woman. I totally forgot there was a doodle involved this time. Uh, it kind of came late, so... Yeah. Grimoire, what do you want to talk about? So, like, on the way here, I had to fight through a kobold army. Like, yeah, what go? is going on with this world? It's not great. There was a candy lich. Like, don't get me wrong, it was a fine adventure. Kobolds are always fun to kick about, but, you know. How many kobolds were there? Were there 19? Because I think that's something different. More than I would say. I mean, oh, there's a cavalry. Good. There were archers. I, I mean, something I'd consider like a. Uh, I don't know. What did you win? Did you get crystals? No, 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 no. Exp. Uh, Kobolds co- co- don't traditionally have a lot of crystals on them. They, 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 they think they're dragons. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you can call it treasure, I guess. But it was a whole bunch of wooden coins painted gold. <laughs> this sounds like a terrible quest. The real I mean, tre- treasure is the experience. Well, I, I'd say the real treasure was the candy lich. Very friendly fellow. <laughs> ah, so the real treasure was friendship. I mean, I don't know if it was friendship so much as candy. Would you at least consider them an acquaintance now? Oh, for sure. We'll probably visit on the holidays. Send a card at least. Yeah, I mean, I imagine they make a mean gingerbread house. I would hope so. Yeah. They just you gotta know. add some belt buckle details so it's oh, a little easier Yeah, you gotta... See. There's got to be belt buckles. Don't let did... Tetsuya Nomura down. This does remind me, though. I I would love to go through a haunted gingerbread house. Would you have to get small, or would it be a very big gingerbread house? I mean, I, ideally, you know, to scale, you know, ho- house big enough to, to wander through. Like a gingerbread mansion, like an actual mansion just made of, you know, like some of that old fairy tale stuff y'all often talk about. But just, at the same know. time, incredibly haunted. Yeah, incredibly haunted, like mimics everywhere. <laughs> you know, dastardly things. You, you gotta, you gotta respect them. And you know, somehow I'm still not entirely certain if it's like a, a sentient creature or something like an oyster or something kind of like a, I don't know, like a, like a wandering plague. I wandered through a dungeon one time where everything was mimics. How many steps are there between oyster and sentience for you? Um, well, it depends. It's basically every step between octopus and <laughs> and oyster. All right, I mean, there's two like... icicle women, right? Uh huh. 
That's the thing that you said with your mouth, right? They hopped out of a man and became a motorcycle for him to ride on. Okay. All right. She sounds like she's been harangued by this artwork. <laughs> All right. That she chose to do herself. This yeah, is the this... thing that I made. <laughs> <laughs> I put belts on his bi- bicycle helmet because yeah, I'm you, familiar with Final Fantasy. <laughs> you do want to keep safe, and that is a good way to do so. That thing's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so that is what what I was picturing, with two bicycle <laughs> women combining to become a motorcycle. Pretty solid work all around. Quite, yep. quite solid work. Um, let me see if I can. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Hold on. Uh, here's a here's another one. I'm not getting icicle out of them. Yeah, it's because they went with robots for this one for some reason. I do like that one of their heads just has to stare at his ass the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> see, I went with making her butt the seat. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the right way to go. What more cushioned part of a human is there? Honestly, yours is the better of the designs. Sweet. Yeah. Call I'm... me up, uh, video game companies. <laughs> I think here's a here's a good concept art. Okay, so one of them, like they both have to stare at the dude. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, you <laughs> you gave them the dignity of being able to look away from him <laughs> as he rides them like a motorcycle, whereas. Uh, the Final Fantasy artists took the opposite approach. Like this one is, I like that the ass staring basically, one is contemplative. Basically, made them scissor into a motorcycle. I also like that somehow <laughs> I also made the back person in a contemplative pose, with the, like chin resting on the hands. <laughs> so apparently, there's just something about being the ass end of a motorcycle. It makes you like really it just, consider. Just makes life. you think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So cool. Well, well, thank you all for listening again. I'll, yeah. I'll free myself one of these days. We'll try and get Gordy back down from the sun next week. Pur- purportedly, you described it as a doily that was dropped on your head. I, <laughs> you should be able to escape that one. I'll get a better net next time. Yeah, uh, the net wasn't the problem. It was the manacles. <laughs> you know, any good trap has to have some unexpected components ideally made out of hundreds of unexpected components the the net is very fashionable the net somehow sounds simultaneously like overkill and underkill (laughs) yeah well i was going for like cast net or you know (laughs) like like how the gladiators used to fight you know spear and net i think they were hooked nets but you know i figured don't damage with hooks you know it's like thank thank you for joining us again grimoire oh glad to be here from your travels uh, thank you all for listening. Um, thank you for everyone who has been uh, tweeting or Facebook comment mentioning or otherwise socially spreading the show. Uh, if you could continue being our warriors on the uh, word of mouth front, we would greatly appreciate this. Share your favorite episode with a friend. Share your least favorite episode with an enemy, but just share the episodes. Um, thank you to our Make patrons. sure they hit the download button. That's Make all we give sure. a shit about. Yeah. Was it smash that like button? So thank you all. Uh, thank you to our patrons for keeping the show afloat and uh, feeding cricket mostly. <laughs> um, our our valuable interns, Cricket and Freybug. 
Uh, thank you to our top tier patrons, Maya, Katarina, Spaghetti About It, Lovelace, Ro, <laughs> Teresa, Kula, Funky Little Strawberry, Izzy, A Good China by any uh, any other name should really still be given to Dave, Help, Rachel, I'm Trapped in a Podcast, Cobiscat, Lemur, Angela, Cole, Who Will Catch Tyler and Destroy Kevin, Caitlin, Alex, Little Smorgasbord, Danielle, Wyatt, Soapy Faye, Kelty, Olwyn, Queen of Terrible Taste, Allie, Thank You, Yonder Toad, Nathan the Scott, Yahweh Yowie, uh, Link, April, DPRCM, The Day Dude, Pyrus, Hylysis of Wimbus, What Am Grace, taking suggestions on Discord, Jeremiah, WT Folklore, But It's Haley, Hidden Jester, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Jenna, Heather, Hi, Meow Lady, The Cult of Cricket. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you always, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Much obliged, Doug. Thank you, Nora. Thank you, Nora. The best secretary slash anarchist group we could ever hope for. <laughs> We're what the folklore, that's how it works. Mm-hmm.